0: Hi, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers Podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. My guest today is the keynote speaker, author, and sales enablement expert, Roderick Jefferson. He runs the sales performance consultancy that bears his name, Roderick Jefferson & Associates, leveraging his years of sales enablement experience And let me tell you a few of the roles that he's had. He has been the VP of global enablement for Marketo, head of global sales enablement for Oracle's Marketing Cloud, and enablement and training leadership stints with Salesforce, 3PAR, PayPal, NetApp, gosh, and one more, and Siebel, let's not forget Siebel as well. Evolvers, please welcome Roderick Jefferson.
1: Hey Tom, thanks for having me. I am incredibly honored to be here.
0: Awesome. And uh, quite a few roles that you've had uh, across Silicon Valley with some uh, just amazing leading companies.
1: Thanks. It's been quite the journey so far and looking forward to what that next chapter looks like.
0: Yeah. And there's really a lot going on. So uh, the journey is by no means complete. There's quite a bit to accomplish. Along those lines, Mary Shea, I had the pleasure of talking to her a few weeks back from Forrester, the esteemed analyst from Forrester. She said emphatically, 80% of B2B sales is now digital and remote. And she added, not just in the short term, like a lot of people think, but evermore. Do you think we're at this kind of transformational turning point, this singularity, as I like to call it?
1: No, I I think that we are past the initial stage of this transition, but we are far from being out of it. Personally, I think there's kind of five pieces to this, right? And I'll call them my five piece. The first is pause. When this thing hit, it it caught all of us off guard. It's like nothing we've ever seen before, right? And that's why I'm calling things the next normal, not the new normal, because I don't think it'll be anything like it's ever been before. The second is panic which we all did, right? Mm -hmm. We're all caught off guard. The world's been flipped upside down. Suddenly we've got to wear masks everywhere. We can't hug anymore. And so it completely changed the way we did business, right? And not only that, but from a business perspective, it literally, in most cases, froze budgets and they went into hibernation, right? And a wait and see mode. The next P is planning. And I think that's kind of where we are now. Mm -hmm. Starting to get comfortable with being uncomfortable from a personal and a professional perspective and really starting to kind of look out over our skis, if you will, to see what's going on out there, cautiously optimistic. The next is progress. Once we've figured that out, now let's try and get back to things because business still has to continue. Mm -hmm. Sales still have to be made. Relationships still have to be forged forward and enhanced and strengthened. So how are we going to do that? And I think the final P is prosperity. And I do think it's going to happen. I don't think it's tomorrow by any means, but I certainly see us getting forward. And I think sales enablement has an opportunity, in my world, to help lead that charge. Yeah, I completely because I think we're, agree with we sit that. at the hub that kind of spokes mm-hmm. out to every other part of the organization. And let me give it to you from, kind of how I explain sales enablement. And I think this will help to set the table going forward. Think about it from an orchestra perspective, right? You've got brass, percussion, woodwinds, strings, all of those different pieces. Now align those to the lines of business inside of your company. Mm -hmm. What you have is a bunch of lines of business and a bunch of people trying to do the right thing for your customer or your client. The problem is sometimes they're stepping over each other. Sometimes they're playing out of phase. Sometimes you're getting flat and sour notes until one person or individual, now in this case will be sales enablement. The conductor steps up, taps the stand, and now all of that noise becomes a beautiful piece of music. Mm -hmm. That's really what enablement can and should be doing moving forward into the next phase of business.
0: Yeah, and as you indicate, it kind of sits in between product uh, marketing uh, and the marketing roles, uh, sales, uh, customer success management. It is in that central I'll actually go a step
1: further. Mm -hmm. It is very central. Let's go a step further. We've got to be what I call the translators of dialects and languages, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to speak marketing, product marketing, HR, L&D, product Mm -hmm. management, and sales. Go out and meet with the the customers or prospects, and then come back and translate in their speak, not in sales enablement jargon, but in each of their individual speak, what you learned, what's working, what's not working, and most importantly, what's being asked of each of those organizations from prospects and customers. That will now drive incremental revenue.
0: Yeah. So now we're at this kind of turning point. And as you said, we're we're kind of in that planning phase. If what Mary Shea is true, that things are moving very much digital in a permanent way and very much remote, where she indicates that, you know, the in-person meetings will still happen, but they'll come as a premium. They'll be very reserved and very constrained and reserved for those who are willing to pay for it in one way or the other, you know, pay for it in bigger deals or, or console. So what are you advising your clients as kind of the, the best way to handle this? And first, what I want to talk about is now that we're digital and now that we're remote, what is the new mindset that kind of a seller has to have and that sales enablement has to kind of help to impart on this new person that was a shoe leather salesperson meeting in person, shaking hands, building relationships one-on-one, and now they're constrained to selling to a 13-inch monitor. Yeah,
1: and and that's tough. I'm an old sales guy myself. I was a Mm -hmm. BDR and AE, so I feel for folks because we all know that the crux and the backbone of sales is relationships, right? So how do you foster and how do you build that rapport differently, especially over a monitor where, where I think all of us are kind of running into zoom <laughs> fatigue right now. Right. So yeah, I think so. that, you know, for me, I, I, I call it my, my sales 3.0 approach. And I, there are four components. The first is focus. And when I say focus, I mean, you know, focus all of your energy on the goals and deliverables and things that you can impact with the prospect or with the customer that will directly align back to your company's goals. Don't try and get outside those box and get overly creative as we tend to do because there's a lot of noise out there right now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't focus in on those things that are important to them as far as moving the needle and then how that relates back to the experience of working with your company, it just gets lost in the noise. The next is making connections, Not excuse me, connecting with people, not just making connections, right? On one hand, social media has made all of us less social. On the other hand, it has opened up opportunities that we could have never, ever touched previously. So Mm -hmm. how do you now bring the human element to that? And I believe, as I said earlier, that relationships is where it starts and building that rapport right away. And I don't mean, oh, I see that you went to University of Texas. I have a friend's cousin's best friend that went there. (laughs) Or you fish because I see something, you know, family. Yeah, you posted a picture. Really, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really about making strong connections with people And because there's never been, in my opinion, a time in history where leading with humanity, empathy, and EQ has meant more than it does today. Mm -hmm. Now, we all say that. What does that really mean? It's really about defining a relationship that is not a win-win, that is not fair, but is mutually equitable.
2: Mm -hmm. At the
1: Mm -hmm. end of the day, how can we help you to increase productivity and efficiency? How can we help you as a person and an organization get bigger, faster, and stronger? Mm -hmm. Which leads to the third piece. And that is, we all have to pivot and adapt. And when I say pivot, it's not in the the vein of the latest buzzword. What Mm -hmm. I mean is pivoting to deliver deeper value around improving things like discovery skills, making sure that you map the buyer's journey and landscape to all of your selling motions and strategy, and you're not doing the other and trying to shoehorn them in? How do you help them increase profits? How do you help them mitigate risk? And now, how are you focusing on true business outcome selling with a focus on, now here's the big one. How do you help your customers maintain and retain the customers that they have today? Mm-hmm. Because that's the big piece. Yes, we all still need net new, but none of us can afford right now to lose what we have in place. And the final piece is around commitment and that's really incorporating the new way of helping not just selling which is the sales enablement 3.0 approach into your go-to-market strategy to be used as a key differentiator both internally but also as an external differentiator to accelerate your company as the clear thought leader in your space because You're helping to solve problems, not because you've got cool bells and whistles and products.
0: Mm -hmm. And that is that whole commitment to the outcome and the pivot and adapt, right? To where you're absolutely committed to um, delivering value for the customer, not just pitching a product and making a sale. And that's a big mindset change for a lot though,
1: right? Huge mindset change, Mm -hmm. right? Because what we have to do now is we've got to, as sales folks, stop giving presentations and start having conversations. Mm-hmm. And that is a significant mind shift for a lot of. Books, Man, right? and it <laughs> sounds so easy, Roderick,
0: right? But you know, I attend. Uh, I was just on one earlier today, and sure enough, the traditional linear PowerPoint went up, and the seller starts walking through it, hardly pausing for the buyer to ask questions and just plowed through it almost like they were on the clock for the the hour long zoom meeting. And that's something that wouldn't have happened if they were in person, you know, the presentation is kind of up on the board and it, it takes a little bit more of a back seat when it's in zoom. It seems like sellers are relying on it more than ever before. Or the same thing in a demo. They seem like I've seen demos in person where it's a lot more interactive. And when it's in zoom, it's like they're plowing through a, uh, uh, you know, a, a time-based, uh, time-limited uh, exercise to try to get to every feature and function there is possible with very little conversation.
1: Yeah, and that's where that mindset shifts from the, the presentation of I've got to get you everything that we have and see what sticks on the wall mm-hmm. to conversation of let me understand what's going on and diagnose and, and assess where you are today. Let's understand what success criteria looks like and where you're trying to go. And then also let's figure out how, not from our products, not from our services, not even from our solutions, but from the experience of us working together that you can only get by working with me and my company.
0: There's the fundamental mindset. And and here's something really important too, I think, uh, for those in sales enablement sellers out there listening in, Nowadays, when people are in this crisis mode or post-crisis recovery, there's still a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of lack of clarity. Um, When stress is high in our buyers, any complexity will be amplified dramatically. And absolutely. when you start to throw things at the wall, as you indicate, and start to present every feature and function or, st- or every element of the presentation without getting at what's important to them and their challenges, I think you're doing an incredible disservice. You're making the solution seem more complex than it is. The problem perhaps seem even more complex than it is. Talk about that a little bit. Are you seeing that same thing?
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I think when you come in with a laundry list of, product, services, and solutions, you're already behind the eight ball and you're Mm -hmm. doing the the buyer a disservice. Look, right now, there's so much, to your point, stress on all of us. The best thing you can do is listen, then learn, then lead in that order. Mm -hmm. And if you take that approach, right, it's always been about staying curious and asking open-ended questions. I think that's a great component that will never change. Mm -hmm. but I also think it's time to remember that you're not selling to a logo. You're not selling to a a company. You're selling to a person Mm -hmm. and they are just as stressed as you are right now. And I think that the critical piece that's been left out of sales recently is we forget the human component of how can this and how will this impact you directly? Is this something that by making this purchase will increase your your stature in the company? Will it get you a promotion? Will it get you a seat at at the table? Will it show you as a subject matter expert? Or the other side, could this be career limiting if this is the wrong purchase? So now you've really got to do your due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you go from talking about ROI, the return on investment to, because we don't have enough acronyms, I'll throw in another (laughs) one, to COI, what is the cost of inaction? Mm-hmm. if you do nothing right now right and so now for sellers it's about trying to find that balance between roi and coi the roi is much easier to quantify the coi literally is just as easy if not easier to quantify but you have to know the right questions to ask to get to it
0: yeah and uh, one of the things that i love we put into our tools is the cost of do nothing uh, and actually calculate it to the month to provide that motivation. Because as, as you indicate, uh, you know, folks move away from pain, oftentimes mm-hmm. with more veracity than they move towards gain. And I also love the aspect that you spoke about. It's not only connecting with people, but it's also making sure you understand the personal value that you could potentially deliver to them and that they understand that personal value that you could potentially deliver yeah. by, by implementing. Not just having them
1: articulate it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to guess. You don't have to assume. You ask the questions. And when I, I'm having conversations with with prospects, one of the questions I always ask is, "How will this impact you personally?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And people sit back and go, "Wow, great question. No one's ever actually asked me that." And honestly, I hadn't really thought about it, and structured it. I know what it'll do, and I'll go, "Well, tell me then." And sometimes, oddly enough, it's the first time that they hear it outside of their own head. Yeah,
0: but once they articulate it and put it out there, it's now a reality. It's real, and it's and, real. And then you understand it, and you can act on it. Now, we're talking about a lot of change and everything else. And skill set is often hard to get sellers to um, adapt. And some of this remote digital capability, some of the things we spoke about, are going to be different skill sets how do you how are you advising clients on the skill set part of this challenge
1: it's it's interesting because if it hasn't already it being covid touched every part of your business landscape beginning all the way back with talent assessment and and acquisition
2: mm-hmm.
1: it will the traditional hiring and placement process has been completely uprooted right for a couple of reasons one we've got access now to folks unfortunately because of covid that you would have never had access to. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to another acronym for you. It's time to not just assess your ICP of ideal client or customer profile, but your company's IEP. What's your ideal employee profile, Mm -hmm. right? Because that will change time and time again, depending upon the maturation cycle of your company, right? And also the availability, as I said earlier to the more seasoned sales folks, if that fits? Are you now moving from a volume velocity cell into a true enterprise level relationship cell? Or are you staying where you are and you need a, a bit more seasoned seller? Or do you need someone that can literally talk to multiple profiles and talk at multiple levels in the organization, right? With that in mind, you know, this has forced companies to reevaluate the definition of that IEP. Right, and, and as I was saying, do you have the right people in place to get through where we are today? What's the profile look like not only to survive, but to flourish coming out of the pandemic? And how do you take advantage of that available talent pool to enhance, enhance your sales teams? And then how will you as a sales enablement person, I'm talking directly to you now, how will you enable teams to clearly and concisely get out message and position and help differently versus selling. And Mm -hmm. now to the sales leaders, how do you not manage, but how do you coach your sales folks with empathy, humanity, and EQ, so that now you are modeling what you want them to do? Because Mm -hmm. Tom, I'm sure you'll agree, what's important to your manager or your leader is imperative to you. Mm -hmm. So whatever they do and you're aspiring to get there, guess what you're going to do? Mm Now it's about adopting and it's about modeling and it's also about executing differently. It can't just be numbers. Numbers are imperative and they're always going to be. We're in sales. There's a Mendoza line. You're above or you're below it, right? But what are the intangibles now that matter differently in this virtual selling experience that we're all going through
2: mm-hmm.
1: that has not only changed the landscape, but it's also changed the experience again.
0: So we talked about mindset, we talked about skill set. I always like to make sure that, hey, you got to have a tool set too, right? When you're going to work and this is a complex uh, action that we're trying to do as sellers. So what are you recommending tool set wise? Not particular vendors, right? But but in general, where do you think the weaknesses are today in the tool sets and where do you think we need to improve?
1: I call it demystifying the dark matter (laughs) because there's just so much out there. And, mm-hmm. and I think from a tool set perspective here, here are some of the things that I think, not I think, that I've seen world-class organizations be able to leverage. And, and the key is to leverage from a scale and an automation perspective, but also not losing the human element or component in this as well. Mm-hmm. So starting with things like learning management systems and content management systems. You're talking about sales folks. We're not going to go to 17 different places to find information. And if we do... We'll create our own and that's not <laughs> what you want for messaging and consistency, especially because marketing organizations are working hard or harder today to get in alignment with sales. So make sure you've got a, a learning management system, content management system in place. One, you can put all of your content, your, your tools, your docs, your white papers, et cetera, that are accessible and also here's the important part, rateable by the users is this of high value to you right the same way we do with amazon and everywhere else that we sure and the learning management system for for the um definitive reason of where are you going to find all of the learning information for your learners all of the assessments all of the certifications all of your upcoming podcasts, webinars all that single location again and and that's the key is centralization of content the next is what are you doing from a a prospecting perspective and mm-hmm. also reporting. And I don't mean just your weekly forecast meetings, right? But what kind of tools are you using to, uh, to reach out? What are you doing from a, there I say social selling, because I've always thought that selling was social, but <laughs> what are you doing now from, from a tools virtual perspective, right? Of getting out to folks and getting in front of folks. Yeah. We have social channels that were never available to us previously. Now it's a matter of teaching your folks how and when to utilize each of those tools individually. Whether it's a a LinkedIn or it's it's an Instagram or or any of the, or Twitter, any of the tools out, we know each of them has a specific target and a specific purpose, and they all fit differently within the selling motions in the life cycle of a sale. The next is around communications tools, mm-hmm. things like we're we're doing now, right? We aren't in the same room, but it certainly can feel that way. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as a productivity tool that most people look at as a calendaring tool, the tool Calendly, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? I utilize that thing every day and I don't use it so that I can get meetings scheduled. I use it as a productivity tool that says, Hey, here's a link to my calendar. Instead of you saying, Hey Tom, are you available at two on Wednesday? No, I can't do it. Can you do Thursday at four? Nope. I'm busy there. Send out a simple link and say, Here are the open slots in my calendar. Let's Mm -hmm. align them to what works for you. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happened. You've taken all of that ping pong dancing back and forth, and you're actually accelerating the sale with a very, very basic, simple tool, right? And then the next is around coaching and delivery tools, right? And training tools. How are you recording what's going on today so that you as a leader can go back and have a direct, definitive conversation with that seller that is both a positive and also finding areas and opportunities for growth, right? Whether that be in your onboarding program, whether it be around new products and tools, whether it's, you know, new releases, whether it's competitive landscape updates, do it in what I call knowledge bites. Like mm-hmm. Tom, you and I are seasoned guys. We would have sat and we were trained coming up that you sit, you listen to a uh, voice over PowerPoint or a floating head talking to you. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Take that they're not going to today's seller is not going to listen to a 30-minute, an hour, mm-hmm. but they will listen to six five-minute podcasts. Mm-hmm. What I call knowledge bites, right? Mm-hmm. So find what are the key nuggets and then distribute those out and make sure that you're asking your sellers what it is that they need help with, or as you're seeing these um soft spots, I'll call it. Then it's an opportunity for you to take those and turn those into you know there's a time for a white paper there's a time for a deck there's a time for a demo but there's also a time for those bursts of knowledge or knowledge bites mm-hmm. and then finally it's taking it and making sure that with those knowledge bites it's in a format that is um mobile and that's not chaining someone to listening i love podcasts for the simple reason of i can listen to it so anyway. on my walk every morning exactly I'm on my walk yeah. um when i'm working out when mm-hmm. pre-covid you'd go to the gym, whatever it may be, it's on demand on your time. And if you give them enough valued and valuable information, they're going to listen to it. And they're not only going to listen to it, like all of us, they're going to subscribe and make sure that, hey, first of all, I have to make sure this wasn't just a a great episode. So let me check out a couple more. And now, Mm -hmm. hey, this person knows a little something and they're able to share. And I think I'll put a bow around all of those tools we talk about. At the end of the day, you have to remember, excuse me, a simple fact. We train animals and we enable people.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that, Roderick. That's a great quote. A
1: couple of other
0: things I'll I'll add to it. Um, I think that nowadays you have to rethink the presentation um, and maybe do it like you indicate in little what I call vignettes so that you're able to, as a seller, kind of pivot to a little story about a challenge. And you've got small little conversation guides instead of these big monolithic decks. But I think the thing there is rethink the Zoom meeting and what you're doing in those Zoom meetings so that the presentation is then a conversation and how do you facilitate the conversation. And I do think technology can help a lot there. Uh, Sharing is another thing. Um, so when you share with customers, uh, how can you facilitate that sharing, track that sharing, and enable further sharing within the organization for the 15, 20 people that are actually involved in the flipping enterprise decision-making process? And then finally, intelligence, I think, is another thing mm-hmm. that I know is top of mind for you, uh, but I didn't Always. hear you mention it. Um, we've got to know what's working and not working, and not two months from now but like the week we launch something new we got to know that it was the uptake was good with the sellers customers are engaged with it they're sharing the content on and we need to know within a week or two whether a new campaign or a new launch is working or not or we've got to rethink and retool
1: yeah you know i think all of us ab test the the great thing about mm-hmm. where we are in from a technology perspective is that feedback loop has <laughs> decreased immensely, <laughs> right? I can put something out and I know from the number of shares, from the number yeah. of likes, from the number of interactivity, because I mm-hmm. tend to stay away from likes. I think that's just a vanity step. Yeah. But from the level of interactivity and engagement that comes out of it, you mm-hmm. go, ah, oh, okay, I've hit on something here. But then it's also an opportunity to ask questions. Don't forget about things like polls, Right. We, we all put these statements out or we'll put out posts on social media, but I'm, I'm seeing now a far more effective way of you want to know a co- the answer to a question, put a poll out.
2: Yeah, People love giving it.
1: their opinion. Ask the question, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've got, I, I've got one client that is really big on um, doing live sessions, right? Mm-hmm. So what they do is they'll go on the live session and say, Hey, we don't claim to know it all we want to keep this thing moving, but we want to make this high value for you. What are kind of the two or three things you'd like to know more about? And guess what they just did? They just got their next two or three, four episodes Mm -hmm. that is directly pointed at their audience and they aren't assuming, they're not inferring, they're not guessing. So what I would say is ask questions, right? And then when it comes to the content, I love the word you said about share. And Mm -hmm. I think it's about sharing info, sharing stats, sharing best practices. from other thought leaders that are one in the same role as the person that you may be prospecting Mm -hmm. to or working with. And secondly, don't forget to share best practices from outside of the vertical or space that they work in. Mm -hmm. Don't assume just because you're in in med tech or high tech, what's happening in manufacturing or financial services does not apply. Now you have to share this with context, of course,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but there've been times where I've shared content and they went, Whoa, I never thought about from that angle. It's just a different set of lenses, right? Yeah. And then making sure that as you are sharing, there's always an action item. There's always a a call to action of where do we want you to go? But the way that I I, I share content is kind of three steps, whether it be today on on this podcast, whether it's a keynote I'm doing, whether it's content that I'm putting out broadly. Three things I always want to achieve. What do I want the audience or, or the reader to think? What mm-hmm. do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do? Mm-hmm. And if it. you can hit those three, you've nailed it. Yeah, It's Think, harder feel, than it sounds do. though.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And it's not just a matter of communicating facts, right? It's, nope. as you said, there is a logic piece to it. Um, but um, what's about, what about the feeling? And what about the thinking part, right? That goes right. with it as well. And, and I, how do you I, turn
1: this into a, a conversation? Although mm-hmm. it's a one way read from them. How do you have them feel like, wow, they just answered the question that I was thinking, how did they know this? Or (laughs) I hadn't even thought about that, you're right, that's an additional step that could cause some friction or here's how to now break down that complexity. And you're literally having a conversation with that person, although it's a one-way read. Hard to do, but highly effective when it does happen.
0: Yeah, so conversation, sharing and agility Three more that we added. Now, there is yeah. one more that's near and dear to my heart that we touched on a little bit when we talked about business value and personal value before, but didn't see you bring it up with the tool set. We now have budget freezes at a lot of customers that we sell into, spending cutbacks. There are now COVID committees. I don't know if you face this at some of the companies oh, you're I'm selling into. Those. Absolutely. Yeah. So, how the heck, as a seller, do you navigate, it was already hard enough navigating the 15, 20 people that were directly and indirectly part of the buyer's journey. Um, How do you now sell into this newer environment where the CFO has a red pen ready to slash anything that comes their way and a COVID committee is impartially reviewing proposals across the entire organization and executive sign offs uh, are down to CEOs of companies are signing $20,000, 50000 proposals now, where before they might have only looked at a quarter of a million. So it's a, it's a lot tougher environment out there. What, what do you say to a seller that says, okay, how do you break through the spending freeze and the COVID committee?
1: Well, first of all, it's what we're dealing with right now. And I think it's what's going to be in place for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I actually have been privy to talk to a couple of folks on those COVID committees to find out, okay, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? How do I get a leg up? What I get mm-hmm. back is, and it sounds so simple and then I'll call it simply complex. They say that the things that come across our eyes and across our desk that are focused on the what or the how go to the round file or the mm-hmm. bottom of the pile.
2: Agreed. The thing we're
1: looking for is why? Mm-hmm. Why will this change? And I'll go back to something I said earlier. Why will this change and how do we now with hardline quantifiable figures. So no more I think, I feel, mm-hmm. right? It has to be hardline and quantifiable now and qualifiable. How do I find that? And they didn't say it in this words, but but I'll paraphrase it. They're looking for things that are tying that ROI together with that COI. The yeah. return on investment and, and balancing it against the cost of inaction. An and now you're talking about the whys, and you can tie it back and attribute it to business outcome selling. Mm -hmm. If you do this, this is what will happen. If success looks like this, you have to be clear and concise when you're explaining these things because the buying committee is not going to have you there to ask questions. And if they have to ask questions, then you've already lost them, Yeah. right? So be clear. The story has
0: to be in there, right? There it
1: is, there's the word. You've got to have it tell a story. No longer is it just a bullet point (laughs) proposal. It's here's the narrative and the story And Mm -hmm. if they can follow the story, they're going to read it to the end. If it's a bunch of bullet points and it's just going to sound like a laundry list, they don't have the time to go through it nor will they take the time. So be clear, concise, and consistent with your story. Talk about return on investment, tie in cost of an action, action, and then finally put in some quantifiable measurable statistics and info. And here's the kicker show where you have done this before, not just from a referenceable perspective, but mm-hmm. what is referable that you've done before that looks like this, so that we're not hoping it works. We're not trying to figure this out on your dime. You're not a guinea pig. Because that ho- hope thing goes out the window. If you seen anything, Tom, that I put up, I've got my hashtag. And that is Hashtag hope is not a strategy.
0: I know. I've seen you post with that on it, and I absolutely love it. So when you go into the COVID committee, you got to have what I like to call a value story uh, tied to the why, the priority that you're helping that company solve. Elevate that to a pain with the cost of inaction. Then get to how much. How much can you help them to solve it and deliver? And then finally, you said something really important. Close with what I call evidence. Um, you know, the evidence that you can actually deliver it with hero stories from customers that you've helped. And this, Roderick, maps out to, uh, I've got the storyteller's arc um, messaging that I call close, challenge, loss, opportunity, solution, and evidence. And I'm not here to sell you on that, but man, it mapped exactly to, and that's how I I map out a value story and teach people in uh, the book Evolve Selling how to do that. And it, it follows exactly so. Great to hear you confirm that, that that's the approach. Um, what's the one piece of advice that you'd like to leave our evolvers with today? Man, we covered so much on mindset, on skill set, on tool set, on um, selling to the COVID committee and in this tough environment. If you had to distill it all down to one thing, what would that be?
1: Focus on helping and stop selling. We are in sales, but that doesn't mean that every conversation you are selling, mm-hmm. there's a time to move things forward. In, in, and think about the fact that you're not selling to a logo, you're not selling to a company, you're selling to a person. Mm-hmm. So make sure, as I said earlier, that there is, it's, first of all, that it's mutually equitable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's take fair out of the equation. Fair went away when mom used to parse out M&Ms one by one to everyone. <laughs> Those <laughs> days are gone so let's focus on how do we make this mutually equitable and then at the end of the day how is this going to make the person and the company bigger faster and stronger
2: mm-hmm.
1: what have you done and, and I'll, I'll kind of leave you with this and i was thinking about this as i was prepping for this right we've ta- i've been talking about the next normal and there is no going back to normal as mm-hmm. much as some would like to no, I don't foresee it ever happening. I think it's more about defining the next normal for first your people and then your processes and programs and tools and all that. Right. So like I said, right now we have an opportunity to both reevaluate and reinvent, as well as establish new ways to communicate, collaborate, and orchestrate in ways we've never thought imaginable
2: mm-hmm.
1: with your teams, with your prospects and with your clients, because as the old adage has been proven true time and time again, one day it's gonna rain. Well, as we all see, it's storming right now. Yeah, where's my umbrella? The big big question is really, and I think, you know, as we move to those five Ps I talked about earlier, and we get to the progress post-pandemic, say that fast three times. (laughs) Will you be the one buying or selling umbrellas through
0: the storm. Love it. Helping, not selling. That is something I used with a new seller today that I was introducing myself to. I said, you know, if there's one piece of advice I could give you, you're a helper, not a seller. So I, Roderick, I think that is spot on as the advice we can give everyone kind of going forward through the planning progress and prosperity phase Um, toward that end. I understand that you've got a new book. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And I think you use The Next Normal as part of the title. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sales Enablement 3.0. It's all of these things that we've just been talking about over the last uh, time frame here. And it's what do we have to do differently? Why must it happen? And how will it impact your prospects and your customers and your overall revenue stream? Um, Right now, finishing it up, it's headed off to the the reviewer now, the editor. Now, this is the part where I hold my breath and find (laughs) out how much gets chopped out. But it's really a a how-to guide for sales folks and for sales enablement practitioners. A a train-the-trainer, if you will, of what I've seen that's worked over the last 25 years of doing this, what hasn't worked, and some of the mistakes that I've made and seen others make. And it's the, the guide that honestly, kind of the blueprints of success, if you will, that I wish I would have had. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had to you know, fly over the handlebars so many times <laughs> and, and hit the asphalt. So for those practitioners, there you have it. It's the book coming out. And there's also a, a first time sales enablement course on Udemy that I just released as well for sales enablement practitioners and for sales folks that's out there available. So if your company um, utilizes Udemy for business, Go out and take a look, just search for my name and you'll be able to find it. Excellent. Actually it's called the Art and Science of Sales Enablement.
0: Art and Science of Sales Enablement. You know where Roderick came from in terms of some of the pedigree of the companies he's worked at and you see the wisdom he has as part of this podcast. So please seek out those resources. Roderick, I will definitely list your book when it is out. Send me a copy, we've got a book resource guide and I would love to list it there. We are at a selling singularity at this point. Things will not go back to the way they were. It is the next normal. And will you be ready for it or not? Absolutely, this is an incredible opportunity, Roderick. And I think your guide, Sales Enablement 3.0, will serve as a great roadmap for us going forward. Thank you so much for participating today. The Evolvers, thank you.
1: Thank you, my pleasure.